The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. That is uh, quite the dramatic scene. You know, I don't, I don't know that I can uh, do it justice in my own proclamation of this scripture. I don't know whether or not I did. And I always think, you know, as I'm, as I'm working my way through and, uh, and giving voice uh, to the various characters in the scene, start to think, does my voice, say, naturally sound like the demon-possessed man or like Jesus? You know, it's like, which one? Don't, don't, do not answer that question, okay? I'm not, <laughs> that's kind of a rhetorical, anyway, this is, uh, and of course, I'm a little bit distracted by the fact that um, there's, a, there's a great little picture here in the scriptures. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry you can't see it. We can, we can uh, figure that out if, if you'd like to, just ask me. There's, uh, Jesus is casting out the unclean spirit, and uh, it looks like there's this dragon coming out of this guy's mouth. It's like, uh, it's really, it, that's really frightful. And the whole scene in, in front of us is, in fact, that kind of scene. It's a frightful scene. Um, and this, this exclamation that comes from the crowd, uh, this uh, you know, new teaching with authority, right? the, the idea of authority, and especially the authority of God showing up on the scene in the person, as the person of Jesus of Nazareth, is really a quite frightful thing. Right? I'm, I'm not sure that we, we have much experience with, with what that means. When, when we recognize, perhaps, you know, in retrospect, we look back on our lives and realize, you know, in that particular time, you know, in that particular place, God showed up and showed up powerfully, and we start to think, oh, man, right, he, he actually is in control, Right? I mean, I like, I, I like to look at this passage and go, okay, well, look, we're, we're inclined to say of this, uh, this exorcism, the mighty work that Jesus does for this man, we're, li- we're likely to think, well, that, that's a great miracle. And really, I don't like the word. I don't like the word miracle. Because for us, we think the God who is somewhere out there, who isn't very much involved or interested in human affairs, intervenes right, dramatically and all of a sudden, to do this particular thing that could otherwise never have been achieved without that intervention from afar. You say, but that's not the, that is not the God of Israel. That's not the God showing up here on the, on the human scene. And that's not the God that we profess belief in. We profess belief in a, in a God in who, who is intimately involved in human affairs. Right? And, and who is the sustaining strength of the greatest human activities, both prayer and love. And in fact, we see yet yeah, Jesus in, in the midst of, of his people, 
you know, the, Jesus, who is, who is here in order to affect the renewal of Israel, is going, say, one person at a time here to relieve them from the oppression that they otherwise you know, have, have suffered and to free them for praise of Almighty God and service. Yeah, so here, the, the gospel passage gives us a, another glimpse at what it means for Jesus to be on the scene proclaiming, and not just proclaiming, but enacting the kingdom of God. Okay, another way for us to conceive of, of the kingdom of God, we think about Jesus as the king, Jesus who is summoning us all into his renewal movement, the, renew, the, the movement by which we will be renewed so that we can bring his renewing and restorative love to life wherever we are. Right? Also, we can look at this in, ter in terms of the, those two human activities, those two, say, truly human activities that are, that are given to us in order to bring God's good order, his mercy, his love to life in the world and to every corner of creation. And we know that God's kingdom is a kingdom of holiness and justice. And it means that the renewal that is affected within us is, is brought about in order to bring us back online with God. And we're supposed to have... It, we, we have access to and we get to have in Jesus the relationship with God that we were always intended to have. And we know that that relationship with God is an ecstatic union with him. What does it mean, an ecstatic union with him? It means that we get to go beyond ourselves in praise of God. Right? The, the liturgy of the church, in fact, is, is given to us as an expression of that same ecstatic union with God that Jesus has affected, right? By his death and resurrection, he's overcome death and he's brought us back online with God. We get to plug into that saving action, his own praise, his own thankful praise of almighty God, even to death, and then his, his renewing and restorative life that he now breathes into us by which we're able to give God everything we've got. We're able to praise him with everything we've got and we're able to pour ourselves out then in his, uh, in his service. Yeah, so Jesus is catching us up into, into that action, that action of renewal. And the renewal is, again, nothing other than ecstatic union with God, right, right relationship with him. And it's then service of him without, just as St. Paul concluded that letter, say adherence, adherence to him without distraction. Right? He, is, he is the absolute number one and center of our hearts and lives. Because, again, all, is a, all of a piece of our being brought back online um, with God yeah, and, be, and being made, made fit to bring his love, the mercy that he's shown to us to make that the animating principle of our lives, right? make it the, the foundation stone of anything that we're going to build in the world so that anything, anything we think and say and do, any human activity or endeavor is inspired and animated and sustained by the love of God made flesh for us in Christ Jesus. Okay, so this is, the passage is a continuation of the proclamation of the kingdom of God. Here we, we see that Jesus is acting with an authority that is his own, right? This is the comment about him that is made, even in his preaching, right? Before he even gets to casting out a demon, right? It's, this, is, this is even in his preaching. He's teaching with authority and not as, not as the scribes. Right? The sense is that the scribes, as, as good teachers, are referring to everything that has come before. Jesus, not so. 
like Jesus acting on his own authority. It hasn't yet happened in the Gospel of Mark because we're only in the first chapter here, believe it or not. Everything's happening, and it's only, in, it's only the first chapter. But we see, for instance, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, especially in the, in the Gospel of, of Matthew, Jesus really teaching with his own authority, right? When he says things like, you heard that it was said, and then he says something that's in the law, that's in the Torah, right? That's in the, in the God-given law. He says, you heard that it was said, but I say to you, right? So Jesus teaching with authority actually that, uh, that, um, that supersedes the authority of the God-given law that was given to Israel through Moses, right? He's teaching with his own authority. So there's, a, there's power in his word as well, right? I mean, and of course, we see relatively quickly what that, what that power looks like in action, because I think sometimes we, again, we, we sometimes catch that, that God is on the move, that, that he's present, that he's, that he's performing mighty works and the rest. We sometimes get confused as to what it is he's trying to do. What is he, what is he trying to affect? And here we see, again, when Jesus is on the move, when he is acting with the authority of God, the authority of God is given for what? It's given for liberation, right? Freedom from what is opposing us and even perhaps oppressing us. And it's given for healing, right? Healing of, say here, the unclean spirit. What is an unclean spirit? But okay, a spirit that renders one unclean. And according to the law, again, uncleanness is applicable mainly in worship and service. It's, it's mainly in relationship with God that is broken and relationship with the people that God is entrusting to our care. The healing is then affected in us but works its way out in relationship with God and with others. Yeah, so here, Jesus is on the scene in order to give, in order to, um, uh, how do you say, enact the authority of God, and the authority of God is itself, an ex- is always an expression of, or is always expressed in works of healing and works of, say, strength-giving or whole-making Right? This is what Jesus is, is, uh, is looking to enact in his, in his kingdom proclamation. Now, we as, a, we as a kingdom people, both people who have been summoned, in, summoned uh, say, to submit ourselves to the authority of, of God in Christ Jesus, and we who pray for the coming of the kingdom, both that it be now and that it, it grow in, say, size and, and stature until the return of Christ, we pray a very, a very particular and, I think, very dangerous prayer, a dangerous, at least a dangerous prayer, you know, for, for those of us who are otherwise tempted to live by the kind of bourgeois spirit of our, of our own day, right? The, the spirit of, of comfort and convenience, the spirit of, I don't know, say satisfaction in the sense of, like, right, every, every sense I have, every, every impulse I have has to, be, has to be satisfied, right? We pray a dangerous prayer when we pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because there we're not, only, we're not only saying that we have been brought into the kingdom or brought under the reign of God, it's that we are also pledging ourselves in allegiance to God to live totally for him and his purposes, to be kingdom bringers ourselves, which means we're committing ourselves to that, that same work of Christ to be healers, yeah, to be healers, to be lovers of the world to be people who bring strength and wholeness, again, to the people that God is entrusting to our care. 
in our particular corner of creation. This is what we're praying for, and this is what Jesus is enacting in us, right? He's working it through us. He's making us to be a renewed people so that we can be about the restoration of the world. I just want to say, I just want to say one more thing in conclusion. You know my one thing, it's going to take us 20 minutes. I get it, okay, but it's not going to take us 20 minutes. I want to say one more, I want to say one more thing. I want to make one more point. Look at, look at say, what, um, what Jesus accepts and doesn't accept as, say, acclamation of what, what he does and what he's about, what he's doing, what he's bringing to bear. Here, when he casts out the unclean spirit, you see right away, right, the, the response, yeah? What have you come to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Okay, again, we're in the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark, right? This understanding that Jesus is the Holy One of God Either the Messiah or God's own beloved son, however we want to see that, this is, this is the first, say, dramatic proclamation of who Jesus is, right? This unclean spirit has, has a look at Jesus that not anyone has yet seen. Okay, so what does Jesus do there? You see, let's take a step back, celebrate the fact that, you know, no one's really getting it, but at least this unclean spirit is getting No, it's, he doesn't do it at all. He says, quiet. He says to the unclean spirit, quiet. Because the acclamation of Jesus' work is not going to come through, you know, the, the ascent to the propositional truth that Jesus is the Holy One of God. As though, as though you know, it's, um, this, is, this, is a great, this is a great accomplishment in itself to recognize who Jesus is. The acclamation of what Jesus is doing, right, and the, and the proclamation of, of the truth of who Jesus is, is only accepted and celebrated in the people that he is setting free, redeeming, transforming, renewing, right? So that they can give, so that they can live the truly human lives that God has always intended them to live, right? Th that is the proper praise of Christ. That, that is the expression of the, of the full-bodied allegiance to him that not only, you know, it, Jesus accepts and embraces and celebrates in the gospel, but he wants to bring forth in us as well. Yeah, so it's not, it's not ours simply to proclaim the truths of the faith, and especially the truths of, of who Jesus is. We should know them and embrace them. But better yet is the life given over to God that expresses itself in praise and service of him, that, that amounts to you know, our, our giving ourselves over to the renewal movement that, that Jesus begins this day in the synagogue in, in Capernaum, in, in lives that express and participate in praise of him, especially in the prayer of Christ Jesus, and pour, uh, pour themselves out in service of him uh, that we can bring his love to life for everyone he is today entrusting to our care.